I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello. Hello. And this episode of Two in the Think Tank is brought to you by big um, supporters of the show, Probably some of the biggest supporters of the show, us. That's right. <laughs> us and our show, Magma, which you can download from sospresents.com and you'll find it somewhere I, in there. Magma. I, it's it's probably our best work. It might be the last bit of show that we ever did, we'll, we'll have done in front of a live audience. Get it now while it's still available, which it will be forever. I hopefully. think it's so nice that our one of our shows, Magma, is supporting our other show, Two in the Think Tank. It's just beautiful to see, like, it's like our, if our, our two sons, you know, getting along, mm-hmm. working together. And one, and one of them is a sort of a do-nothing who <laughs> just comes, you know, f- sits around fantasizing, daydreaming, and then the mm. other one has went and got a job straight yep. away. Yep. And he, and he tries to... Keep the other one afloat. <laughs> I mean, in a way, we say that this show is, you know, that uh, that show is supporting this show, but also this show is supporting that show, though, isn't it? By this show, you know, promoting that show. So I don't know. Yeah, but what what but what what this show is gonna what what this show is gonna reveal is that his daydreaming older brother turns out to actually be Magma's yeah. dad. Oh, yuck! <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Feels very grubby. I thought it was just some kind of nepotism, yeah. but uh, no, it's much no. worse. You and me, Andy, <laughs> and you and me are Magma's mom. <laughs> All right. Uh, and SOSPresents.com. And, 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 where you and can then you'll magma. find it there. It'll be eminently clickable and then highly viewable. <laughs> In the night, love with a knife full of blood. Oh, imagine a knife that you can fill with pre-fill with blood. <laughs> but it's not a trick knife. It's not one of those stage no, knives. No, it's, it's a, a real, real knife. <laughs> real knife. But it. Brings a bit of extra blood to the stabbing. Is that what we're saying? It's it's a combination mm-hmm. combining the stage knife technology. I think it used to be quite yeah. difficult to engineer, but I think it would be absolutely worth it for um, yeah. the stabber who wants to make an impression, and not just the physical mm-hmm. impression that is left by stabbing someone, which is quite a deep impression. This is a more sure, a sort yeah, of yeah, no, you a- know it. You, People talk a lot about the scene. It's that, it's that wow, wow exactly. factor. People talk a lot about the scene of a crime, but mm. the, to really sell a scene, you know, you've got to put in a mm. bit of 
a bit of craft, a bit of the a bit of the old uh, the that old mm-hmm. razzle dazzle, and <laughs> that's right. It's it's when you want to not just make a physical impression mm. on somebody, but you also want to want to impress mm. them with your stabbing Correct. skills. <laughs> he got blood out so of that me while that I didn't even think was in there, and yeah, in a single mm. hit, I couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. He must have hit a main artery, but why would I have a main artery there in my buttock? <laughs> I mean, it must be possible to stab people so, so that you like get them in the bladder or something like that, and a bit of piss comes out, oh, right? Piss comes out. That, now that is some razzle dazzle right there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that's that's interesting to me, but. You know, I'm thinking, yeah. I guess I'm thinking about draining the main vein, you know, not the, mm. just one of those bloody veins. I'm talking. Do you think with, do you think with a single knife yes. cut, you could get blood, piss, and semen, <laughs> snot, Ooh. vomit, and earwax all spray out in one go? The magnificent seven. The main five. Yeah, <laughs> the magnificent seven. Yeah, I think there was only six. Maybe, maybe a little one in there. Maybe a little bile yeah. <laughs> in there. Um. Yeah. I get. Are they? The, are those the humors? Remember the humors? Mm, I remember mm. those back. We used to talk about that back in ancient yeah, Greek times. Remember that used to be our main thing. Uh, I mean, I guess you could get saliva in there and maybe a bit of brain mm, fluid. Brain fluid. Yes. What you want is that um, that colostrum brain fluid from your very first thought. That's the 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 good stuff. Colostrum is in like the the first bit of milk that comes out yes, of the breast. Yes, correct. There must be. Oh, if you could get a little bit of male m- breast <laughs> milk in there, in I feel cut. like male breast milk would be or very intense, very. F- very flavoursome, you know. You think woody? Uh, think I'm thinking have a smoky. Woody flavor? Yeah, smoky, mm. fatty, a little bit sweet. It would it would really be, yeah, a lot a lot to deal with. <laughs> smoky, fatty, a little bit sweet. I don't think that. Um, mm. I've never really examined this thought in any detail, but I think lurking in the back of my brain is the thought that in mm. men's breasts there must be a little bit of milk somewhere. Yeah, I think I think there's the I think you know it's the it's this is you know obviously this is a sketch about the the group of men who who know that the the uh, this possibility mm. of male breast yes. milk and the reality of men having nipples. Mm is points towards the reality that men can do it and they are all about recreating it's like a reddit it started as a reddit group (laughs) yeah okay of recreating you know bringing together all the studies and all the myths Mm. and recreating the circumstances in the body in which you can make that possible Mm. so this this is male milkers like we have we did talk about competitive mm-hmm. lactation on a previous podcast, where if men could lactate, it would become we would it would become yeah. like a sport to us, where guys would be boasting about how much they pumped. Um, yeah, but 
uh, I think this is a different thing. This is this is one of those that that was in a dream yeah. world, Andy. That we were fantasizing <laughs> back then. This is a group that actually makes this it is happen. like your no faps. This is like your incels. This is another male mm-hmm. Reddit subculture of guys who are trying mm-hmm. to sort of like people who try and hack the brain and and make it achieve yeah. at a higher level. So too with the the man it's, boob, and it's exactly like those nootropics people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is those which is those brain, brain drug drugs. things. Yeah, these people are, and and the thing is is that we go in there. We try and read it like you and I would go in there, try and read it thinking, let's see if this is possible. Whereas they're not even questioning mm. whether it's possible. They're talking about how you can make it smokier. Mm. Well, this <laughs> and this, is, this to me is a little bit like um, as well. I was reading a bit about the, the sovereign citizen people who believe mm. that they can hack the government sort of by combining the right... It's really weird, their mythology. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't realise was sort of part of it, but they think they can hack government and bureaucracy by submitting the right combination of forms to access basically like unlimited money from the government. And, yeah, wow. and and I, and I they've never, despite the fact that they've never achieved it, it's never been done, this has been part of the, like, idea from when it started in the 70s or something. And... They just keep refining the process and trying and working away in, in like almost like a sort of a scientific kind of way. If you're a total lunatic and all you had was paperwork, but yeah, what if all you had was a male breast? What would you? Well, these guys are like they're they're you know they they talk about one guy, uh, Kevin, mm. who <laughs> who and that's how it's pronounced <laughs> by the way, Kevin. Ke- Kevin, who who's now on three months of living off of only his own breast milk. Oh, it's true. They would think that it's like if to them it's mm. like a kind of perpetual motion that like it it would represent yeah. such freedom for men if you were able to yeah. unlock the power of the the nipple. I mean, is this a little bit secrets of the perineum unlocked? Just, well, yeah, but those are, that's a that's a that's a separate group who think that you can live off of just this oh. the prostatic fluid. <laughs> They're milking something else, Andy. And um, great, great. What do they call it? They call yeah. it milk. Do they call it? Well, male male, male milkers milk. is pretty good. Milk, milk. They call it male uh, boy soy, which is kind of how I say it. Milk. milk is that? Is that? I hadn't noticed that. That's how you say it. But if you say so, milk. Um, milk. did we? I think. I think that's. I've. I've. I've been made fun of for saying milk really? before. Milk, like it's M E L K. Mel K. One of the Mel's. One of the Spice Girls. Um, did you write down the first thing that we were talking about, Alistair? Because I. Th- no, the the knife. Yeah. The knife. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty. The knife with the extra blood inside. You know, I think that mm. this could be an entire sort of range of small arms. You know, that like you know, not just the 
the the the knife that has squirts some extra blood, but like the bullets that have already have a little bit fragment of brain and skull brain, brain tissue. tissue inside mm. them. They have a little explosive that lets yeah. those out. A bazooka that is just full of guts. The whole, <laughs> mm. <laughs> that whole enormous nice. fucking thing, whatever it is that shoots out of a bazooka, it's already got like four feet of intestine and yeah, a chunk ch- of leg, and a chunk of leg, <laughs> mm. and it's all it's all been sure. preserved yeah. and it's all been ethically sourced. Um, these are preloaded weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can ethically for that razzle. I don't know if you can ethically source a leg. I don't know if there's a, like a. Well, if you grow a leg I in guess, a lab, I guess, yeah, lab leg. Yeah. If you were to grow a leg in mm. a lab, would you grow it inside pants? <laughs> um, you know? Yeah, interesting. Or would you just have a bare leg there in a bag or whatever, like they? You know how like they they want to grow a lamb outside of a you know an actual mother lamb. They just kept, grow it in, come up with some plastic they make bag a, uh, that with that allows fluid mm, in there, like an amniotic sac kind of thing. Yeah, um, but plastic. I wonder. I mean, you might use a kind of like a stocking sort of a thing, but I think you'd probably like mm. if you were just growing a leg. I feel that you might want to have a. Uh, sort of a rigid casing. But I also feel that, like, if you were going to grow a functional leg, you would want to grow it mm. attached to some kind of a living thing. Like, even if it was just, like, a frog or something. That's just, like, all frog and then just, like, a huge bulbous man leg hanging off it. So, like, a frog that's had its had its legs removed for, for culinary reasons. Yeah, yeah. Just use the rest of that frog. Don't throw away mm-hmm. the frog. When you could use that, we're gonna use, we'll attach that to this lab lab leg. Mm. Giving log. Uh, I mean, frog DNA. Put it into frog DNA. I've heard that before. <laughs> it seems to make sense to me, Andy. We wouldn't be the first. I mean, that's right. And you know, just have a couple of have a couple of tubes with. You know, with needles going into that frog, that's just that's just for the extra fluid. They're used to having extra fluid on them. That's why they're amphibians. They're the perfect. But now they're the perfect animal for having extra fluids on them. Now, Alastair, I'm picturing a sort of a a Jurassic Park scenario where mm. the frogs with the legs of men escape, and you. Look at what a frog is like. Already, a frog has disproportionately large legs, and you look at what they're able to do sure. with those legs. It's very impressive. Yeah, but you give them mm-hmm. two full-grown man legs, you know, tiny mm. little frog body on top there, but still they would be unstoppable. I think, like you know, the kind of the leaping we're looking at. Sure. Um. Especially with those, if they still get to keep those sticky little feet at the bottom of mm. the legs. Well, they uh, certainly at the front. They've got the sticky little, sticky little feet. Oh, they got it for their mm. hands. You got those hands, you know. But I think maybe if we're if we're attaching the one bit of the leg to to the frog body, you may as well stick a foot on the end of the ankle. <laughs> a little, a tiny a little, little frog, frog foot. foot. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, 
And I'm just wondering, I mean, is you know, there? It'll, a... it'll probably be like you know, it'll probably be like one of those aquariums where if you put a you know a goldfish in a bigger aquarium, then it gets bigger. It's probably the similar thing to the to the frog foot. You know, it'd be so free there swimming at the end of that ankle that it'd probably likely to just grow a tiny bit bigger, make it a bit more mm. adhesive. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, what I want to know is like, is that, is that, a, is that anything basically? Like, can we make a, a Jurassic Park, at least a trailer for a mo- like a horror movie mm. that is frogs with human legs? Um, yeah. Well, I guess it, it, you know, it's a, it feels like if, if let's say that wasn't your initial mm. goal. You know, like uh, if you're growing legs like this and then these things escaped mm. um, and you were doing it on an island, I guess, you know, with the knowledge that something could go wrong or at least it's the only place where, you know, like you're, you're allowed, allowed to do this absolutely. kind of genetic stuff with yes. humans. You know, it could be, you know, it could be, what's that island that's kind of, the, it's like a Chinese island that you're allowed to gamble Macau? Yeah, it'll be like Macau. Yes, but the Macau of gambling with the lives of men, with the fate of humanity. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my man. It's in, um, you know how they have a special economic zone for various sort of tax import export kind of loopholes. This is a spe- special mm-hmm. ethics zone. Uh, exactly. Where I think China already I is that place. They've but... got a few of those going on. Uh, it's an island known as mainland china <laughs> um well okay and but what and what they were la- you know these these people doing these experiments on this island they were like well there's no way this can get out of control because uh you know we've got them on an island and where are they going to go but then somebody does the maths mm. and they work out that if you multiply the jumping power of a regular frog by the proportional size of a human leg, they are able to jump mm. several hundred kilometers and they oh. are able to actually leap to the mainland. And he tries to warn them, but they don't listen um, because they've gone mad with and, power. And it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be that crazy to think that some legs would be a little bit misformed. Mm. You know, you you you're, you know, this is your first couple of oh, goes. Oh yeah, you're really just right? throwing so stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Some of them might be really wide but very thin. Yeah. And the frog could probably use them like wings. <laughs> probably. And there's there'd also be a great yeah. scene where a frog uses its sexy female human legs to seduce one of the guards by just poking them around of course. the corner. Yeah. Uh, clever girl, more like. Clever girl, and then, yeah. How did they know how to, how did they learn how to use skirts? They, there was a, there was a TV playing old, um, cartoons in the in the lab and the frogs would always watch it very intently and they learned a lot of especially the art Bunny of seduction as women <laughs> yeah and they would they would learn to shave their legs they could mm-hmm. they could see that there was a lot of power and hair mm-hmm. removal yep um i feel like this film can be criticized for its male gaze <laughs> 
Well, that's one of the loopholes that we managed to get around because they're not, uh, we're not objectifying women. These are frogs with sexy legs. And they're male legs. But But they've been shaven. (laughs) But they've been shaven with their femininity. I mean, is... It's really a... Well, I mean, this is, uh, you know, probably a very problematic area that I'm going to discuss now. But much as we are trying to grow meat in a lab that we can feel okay about eating, I mean, would the idea of growing legs in a lab that you can feel okay about Mm. perving on, um, is -hmm. is that something that is likely to be in our future? But I guess I guess you're you're suggesting that we could do it with all body parts. Oh, uh, well, not. I mean, I, I wasn't going to go that far, just because I think keeping it. But but I mean, like, I mean, could you recreate most of a human mm. um, in a lab, and then just just for the sole purposes of perving yep. on it? Yeah. Um, and maybe you could put like a real doll face on it. I mean, yeah, that that's getting that's getting like to me that's a little creepier than what I was go- hoping for because I to you know I think <laughs> it's I was I was hoping that I I could find a little loophole where I could just stick to the humorous nature of just growing a a sexy leg in a lab to perv on yeah without having to make it too humanoid. Um, I guess you weren't picturing a sort of a. A sweaty, desperate man having sex with some human meat <laughs> grown in a lab. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was. It was just just for looking at and going, ooh, and it's fine. It's fine because there's no. It's not a. <laughs> because I mean, the, the the problem there is that you you realize that the future of sex robots mm. is sex cyborgs that are partially human. Yeah, you're right. Of course, you're right. Yes, that they will have, you know, you know, everything that sort of has the bits of a human, and then you'll leave You're out kind of some just removing crucial... the human brain. The hu- <laughs> You've got some submissive, like uh, frog computer frog brain. mind, frog brain. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it's like an enhanced frog brain. <laughs> Well, is it enhanced or is it just pure frog brain, right? And it could be pure frog brain, <laughs> but then it, it'll it'll. But that comes with its it does, own problems. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, you know, it's aquatic, semi-aquatic lifestyle. Uh, it's spawning practices. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do frogs live in mud? Or is that just toads? Am I thinking of toads? I think uh, I think some frogs live in mud. Absolutely, and I think you'll find that the distinction between frog and toad is not a very well drawn line. I think must be like the difference between a moth and a butterfly. Apparently, that's a that's quite a fuzzy line yeah. as well. Well, yeah, especially on the moth side, because they're they're quite so. fuzzy little guys, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But apparently, that's also a trait of a lot of butterflies, which is why it's so difficult to tell them apart. Um, right. Well, there you go. Very good. Uh, I would you would you? What, how do you feel about um, going into a cocoon, turning basically into into mush, and then emerging as a an utterly unrecognizable 
creature. Yeah, I know, but where am I heading? Where am I heading? You know, what direction am I doing this for? Is it for a great improvement? You know, am I, or am I just then going to get wings and then go and eat some tree bark for a bit? I think, uh, I don't think you want, yeah, I, I don't think we would want to become a, uh, a, a butterfly, but I'm interested in, you know, maybe, like, I think what would, if we are the larval stage of something, you know, I don't yeah. think if you showed somebody a caterpillar and asked them to guess what it was going to turn into, they would guess a butterfly if they didn't know any of the other details, any of the context. But so so if the humans are the larval stage of something, what we would turn into would be a very sort of unrecognisable beast. Yeah. I mean... Because uh, I guess if you were asked what a, what a caterpillar would turn into, would you, do you think you'd say a snake? Yeah, probably. That yeah. Uh, that seems like much more plausible. Or a millipede yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, something fucked like know? that. You kind of just look like a ma- like the maggot of a millipede. So, a human could well turn into. I mean, we never think about. How, yeah, it's crazy that maggots turn in. I mean, it's, it's so weird that. How does a maggot turn into a fly? What's the because they, they don't even have a a cocoon or anything. They just they just maybe, do it. Maybe it's just like a sleeping bag that they're in. Right. A little sort of. <laughs> Like a little meaty sleeping bag, and the fly's kind of in there. <laughs> it's just in there, but it isn't just kind of wiggles. It's just trapped. Like I mean, you would move like that if you were inside a big white sleeping mm. bag. Yep. You know, I think that must be because I mean that's a pretty big metamorphosis as well. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's 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 equivalent. is metamorphosis like the most common way of growing? <laughs> I sp- uh, statistically, Did we just think of speaking, it. Speaking, as- you could very well be right because there are so many species of insects and they all do it don't they they all bloody do it because mm. um, i remember brian a listener of the show and a friend brian um once mentioning or sh- sharing an article with us showing us uh that apparently the way that maggots jump which is this kind of weird like wormy jumping style is probably the most common type of jumping in the animal kingdom, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, and and then you go, well, that's fucked. Firstly, I didn't know that maggots could jump in some way, mm. but it's like I guess it's where you kind of point your two ends towards the ground, and then you slam your body yep, down, and you flick and yourself up. You get a little up. bit of air. Yeah, mm. I mean, what what meaning does that have if there's a if there's a most common way of jumping. And does that mean that we are jumping wrong? I mean... <laughs> In a way? Well, it doesn't feel like we're jumping right. <laughs> then what would it look like to see a human attempt this this kind of maggot jump? I mean, I, I, I don't know what the stats are, but maybe maggots can get a very impressive amount of... I mean, are, it's probably one of those things where, like, relative to their body, they tra- they travel so much further than a human is capable of doing, right? Because yeah. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that they're they're doing it to get relatively the same amount of um, lift that we do. Do you think that wouldn't be enough I don't think for that them? Would be good for their purposes. What... So I'm wondering if we should be looking into um, harnessing the the maggot jump. Mm. Um, because you yeah. you know you look at 
something like the high jump at the Olympics. Uh, There's a, you know, the Fosby flop came along and totally revolutionized that whole, that whole game. But Mm -hmm. since then, I imagine like it's been only incremental gains. You come along with a maggot jump. The Fosby flop is pretty close to a maggot jump. The Fosby flop. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's like, it's like a regular human jump that's then turned into a maggot jump. Yeah, well, jump. I'm saying go full maggot jump, okay? You watch yeah. me at the Olympics. I go up. Mm-hmm. I just lie down in front of the <laughs> in front of the, the bar. Everybody's wondering what the fuck is going on here. No run-up. Yeah. Then I sort of you know. draw my body up into a, an arch, and then I smash my face <laughs> onto the ground. <laughs> Oh, you just go face. Yeah. And, and that just like, flicks you me. Sort of like you give it one big hump. It flicks me off. And over I go, you know, leaving skin and blood everywhere. But wow. I've 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 gone four meters in the air. And that's mm. now the sport. From then on, well nobody's gonna be doing anything it, different. If you want to be taken seriously. I think yeah, I mean, you got you got to take advantage of the springiness of the flesh. Mm. That's what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what needs to happen is you're probably pointing your toes and pointing your fingers and you're giving yourself as much of an arc as you can laying on the ground. And then you've got to hit the ground with the sort of the, the, the rest of your body coming down. So you're curling yourself like a croissant. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Right? But that's like that and then you're smashing so so much into the ground that i think you have to break your pelvis <laughs> because it's some of those it's it's some of that rigidness that's that stops the the maggot jump from being able to really gain its full potential yep, absolutely but and then you bounce once you freed yourself right? of the prison of the pelvis yeah um, i think i wonder how much time people in these sports like this, l- spend wondering if there's a totally different way of approaching the sport. Mm. Because, you know, that... Within the rules, that yeah. That is like the, um, you know, the the computer that, that played Go in whatever that was, that story about, you know, and it turns yeah. out that everyone has who's ever been playing Go has sort of been playing it wrong. And the computer was found a way to win that was just like no one had ever thought of. I reckon there is that with every single sport. And that if you f- didn't know anything about the sport or you ignored everything about the way it's been played up until now, you could find a different way of playing it that would utterly change everything. Like, for example, soccer. Has anybody thought about picking yeah. up the ball with their hands and... And That's then right. getting into a yeah. car and and driving, or biting the ball with their <laughs> mouth and sprinting. I mean, I am interested in that. I am very <laughs> interested in that. If you had a you know a large beak like a pelican, mm-hmm. you could you could absolutely do that. And but there's like you know yeah I mean there's also no nothing saying that you're not allowed to file your teeth down. Mm. And push them forward. Correct. 
you know, so that they so that they kind like of tusks. are a bit more like, yeah, like tusks and some in some way that maybe you could scoop them up like a sort of like a forklift, for, scoop up the ball like a forklift or. Well, also, um, um, you know, no, there are no uh, sports teams, and I, you know, I know this is the sort of thing that we've talked about before, but there are no sports teams because they always talk about, you know, it's a long game. We're building up our squad. You know, we've made some good draft picks, but these guys, you know, they're not going to be at the top of their game for several years. Nobody is playing the super long game of like, well, we're going to try and make our our players evolve. You know, by via natural selection to have large beaks like uh, like a yeah. pelican, and sure, there's going to be a few lean years. But I think the fans, if they stick with us, we're looking at having a, a football player who can who can hold the ball in their beak within well, well, ten thousand years. If your team is doing, if your team is doing really poorly, mm. then you get an early draft pick, and you can pick the players who's Yes, you know physical yes. features best match those of a bird or <laughs> and you're yeah. not interested necessarily in how well they've played at the junior leagues or anything like that. You're just going up there with a tape measure and you're measuring those lips and that jaw mm-hmm. and that's right, yeah, then I mean it does seem like you're going to have to make your players breed against each other or with well with each other um. Yeah, or at least with each other's yeah. families. Which, I th- well, I mean, if we were in a mixed league, this is one of the shames of um, of sport not being they're not being more mixed sports. But you yeah. know, you can't breed within your team to improve. Well, I think, I mean, why are you not just aiming to create? You know, if you're if you're pushing yourself in one evolutionary direction, why are you not? Uh, pushing yourself towards sort of uh, also male baby carrying, correct? <laughs> so that you can breed breed a that's, team without having to change the that's rules. The real investment, isn't it? You know, because if you're like, well, let's hope that they change the rules so that there's mixed teams. Well, now that's a whole different angle you're taking. You may as well go mm. for, you know, a, 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 and you could create a player that could also maybe breed asexually with itself yes. seize the means of reproduction that is our plan because then you could get all all five people on the court or you know or whatever your sport you're playing mm. on the field um that are all the same player well then i wonder you know you might be able to find a loophole that you can actually have as many organisms on the sport on the field as you want if they're still considered only the one person you know you you look at mm. those um those trees that uh, that grow in, you know, there are some like copses of trees that they're like, well, this is technically all the one tree and it's thousands and thousands of years old. They're sort of connected through root systems and links and that sort of thing. Has anybody looked at the idea of grafting together players with a very long, flexible, fleshy tube so that technically mm-hmm. they're just one person and then you can get more... Yeah people on the pitch that way and or if you could have a you know a a player who can reproduce asexually by like splitting their body in half like a bacteria i think that's a good loophole as well because you only send on Mm -hmm. one player but pretty soon they start dividing and dividing and dividing like a bacteria in a petri dish 
you know, ec- we're talking exponentially mm-hmm. speaking, you're going to have yeah. hundreds of thousands of players by the end of the game. By the end of that, ha- by the yeah. end of that half, yeah. <laughs> Is this anything? I mean, um, look, I think. I think I think it's it's something. I mean, is it is it all kind of variations yes, on I, maggot jump at the I Olympics? I think it is. It's the it's um it's a group of people who are studying the animal kingdom for um, ways in which we can improve in sports. You know, I've and also studying the the, the rules of the game to take advantage of things that they didn't <laughs> they didn't think of exactly. You know, you you've got two. You've got the laws of nature and then you've got the rules of the game and sometimes you can find a loophole in one that allows you to win at the other and that's all I'm interested in. Well, we didn't, we didn't get around to, uh, to thinking about what, what the humans would, would metamorphosize into. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe it would be like a cow. You think? I don't know. Um it yeah. you know it's it seems different enough to a human that you would never like you would never guess it going there but yeah mm i mean is there a particular direction that these cre- the creatures often go into it feels like you you reach a higher state i mean cow may be a higher state yeah i mean flight does seem to be the big thing doesn't it although ants mm. don't you know they start just out as a little Wormy grub, and then they turn into a, you know, the ant that we all know and and love without necessarily the ability to fly. So there's probably, well, a lot of them do fly as well. Yeah, though. you're right. That's there are winged ants. You, that's a really good point. Um, I, yeah, what would a human become? I mean, it's just what other things are there other than flight? You know, I guess I guess there's this sort of the tadpole to the frog thing, which feels like a pretty close to some kind of metamorphosis oh, thing, absolutely. where you where you kind of get you gain legs and you gain shape, mm. and I mean, it kind of feels like that's a lot of the stuff that we do in utero. Yeah, you know, we go from that that kind of like weird tadpole looking thing into yep. a, something with features they're just doing it outside in the yeah, where everyone can see it's very mm. very exposed very you know awkward very transparent puberty kind of thing mm. you always look a little bit weird during mm. puberty um i don't like you know i mean we could go into the ocean yeah. and become like a shark or something like that i suppose I, yeah or you could sort of develop abseiling equipment okay you know sort of natural <laughs> You know, uh, ropes. You think maybe you could get ropes that just kind of are on your back? Yeah. You know, that, that are just that coiled around your shoulders? Well, this is quite a Spider-Man transformation uh, that we're looking mm. at here. I mean, if Spider-Man was just carrying around big coils of rope... But you know that... It would be a different kind of guy. But don't you know that, like, in the cartoons... Because we're, we're thinking of the... Um, the Toby Maguire Spider-Man, right? That's what you're thinking mm. of, where he just shoots stuff out of his wrists. Okay, but in the in the cartoons, he makes little robotic things that Vials. shoot out of his that, that attach to his wrists and then sh- shoot stuff out. Right? 
Um, so that's basically yeah. As far as I remember, that he was they, they we would he would kind of like bioengineered some kind of thing like a like a like a, a chemical that would turn into this yep. web stuff, which to me seemed like like a huge leap, bigger even than the leap that he would make from yes. buildings was this <laughs> ability to create a new material that allowed him to leap from buildings. Yeah, and, and this stuff would di- just disintegrate and it wouldn't pollute the world and yeah and in 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 many ways that's like much more unlikely than him being bitten by a radioactive spider and being able to yeah (laughs) i I don't know whatever the advantage that he got from that was like like why they didn't just say he got the powers to spin webs i mean he's just extremely yeah, that's 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 two things that shouldn't necessarily occur to the same person. Because most of his spider powers are not that spidery. Well, only only crawling on walls is. Yes, the spider sense isn't. No, I can't imagine. Is that um, super strength? Doesn't feel feel like. That's all that spider. No, again, I don't, I don't think it's... Particular. I, I, I never look at a spider and go, God, that looks strong. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they should have just... Get, they should have made a decision early, just gone, you know what? I know it's weird that he's going to... Like, that we're going to let him just have the web spinning thing. I know it's going to be weird that he's not going to do it with his butt, <laughs> right? And that he's going to do it with his wrists. But let's just give... Let's just... That part will be less weird than if he's also some weird chemical genius. Either that, or instead who, of him being these bitten by a spider, let's have him be bitten by a radioactive material scientist who gives him the ability That's to good. come up with very strong, um, you know, sh- uh, state shifting um, polymers, mm. and and then yeah. that's the power. And then the spider stuff, we can just be like, Andy's strong, or he works out, or something like that. Because then that that that's actually yeah. quite that works quite well, doesn't it? Yeah, he's one of those guys who works out a lot, like one of the the, the material scientist who's a guy who went to the gym <laughs> yes. a lot. Um, you know, is that anything? <laughs> um, <laughs> spider Man bitten by a. Uh, 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 <laughs> radioactive researcher. Um, I mean, look, th- there is something there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Not, um, I think. It's I not mean, it could be a scene in which content is it. I mean, I think it would be interesting if if Spider Man encountered a person who was like Spider Man, but but had been bitten by a radioactive material scientist. Yes. And then. And then his thing was that he couldn't walk on walls or climb walls, but he had just created little suction cups. Mm. I mean, once you once you get to this point, you wonder though, why didn't the material scientist themselves come up with this stuff? Why did we need to include this being bitten by <laughs> mechanism in order for the transfer <laughs> of skills? Mm. I mean, because yeah, well, I think it's it's the trauma of getting bitten that makes you think that you can fix society's ills. You're right. 
Yeah. So that's... You know, it's really brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of an... uh, 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 Yeah, and, you know, that that, that trauma, that unresolved trauma that um, Mm. he's trying to fix things outside of himself, but really the problem uh, lies within. Um, So... So his his kryptonite would be sort of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, to yeah. to get over the stuff. That what it's really about. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm. Oh, there you go. I mean, you think if Spider-Man had done movies, you know, in the comics, <laughs> if he'd done movies and become a huge, like a hugely famous uh, movie star who could do all these stunts and things like that that no one else mm. could, he could have then used that money to develop some kind of security force for the city or to, you know, if he really wanted to save yeah. people. Doing it as one man doesn't seem like the most viable no, thing. No, the logical path to this is achieve movie superstardom, earn lots and lots of money, and then <laughs> <laughs> trade up a private um, sort of paramilitary organization. Well, we, you know, he he could learn from Eric Prince, who was the the Blackwater guy. I think related to I think Betty Davis, a Devos, 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 the uh, the Betsy, Trump appointee. Betsy. To the DeVos. Eh? Betsy Davis, yeah, Davis? she's the um, education secretary, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. I think Eric Prince is related to right. her. He's owns Blackwater or whatever it's called now, since they <laughs> had all that bad mm. press. Um, and but Spider Man's like, oh, so you can try to like privatize the military, mm. or you can create a, a private military, and that will that's a hugely you know. Uh, uh, profitable enterprise, you know, you can send them in as federal agents into Portland or whatever. And uh, uh, hang on, and I think them... I think what we've invented here isn't this just the Green Goblin? Isn't this just what he was doing? <laughs> he was is that he what was he was a, doing? Like a private military contractor making these mech suits that so that um, soldiers could do that kind of stuff. I think we've just turned right. into so his nemesis. Spider-Man and him could work together. Are there any comic books? I mean, this must be a nightmare for anybody who knows anything about any of the comic books to listen to us talking yeah. this total crap, and I apologize. But are there any who are movie stars? Who, mm. you know, because um, I think it would be a great thing where, like, they, they're, they're a movie star by day, but then by night they're a, um, a, su- uh, a, a, a superhero, right? But then um, their story the of them as a superhero the... gets turned into a movie and then they 
mm. audition and play themselves in the movie about themselves, but nobody knows that it's them. Oh, that's that good. Be really yeah. fun. Um, I think the Alan Moore comic book. What's the that one? The um, um, Watchmen. Watchmen. I know. I've I've read a prequel to it. And they're all kind of famous, like they're all kind of famous, you know, but they're not really superheroes, most of them. They're kind of just crime fighting people, but they kind of have like a a public profile and mm. things like that. Yeah, they have um, an image. But then they're not movie stars, which was the main point that I was trying to make for some reason. You're right. God I don't know why right. I thought that would be yeah. good. Um, all right, look, I've written, <laughs> I've written about the, the radioactive... Material scientist yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, great. Um, but Andy, I think we need to go to th- to a... Because we, we have at least five sketches here. So I think we need to go to our three words from a listener. Great. Yes. This is a great and, bit of the show. And uh, yeah, where, you know, somebody who d- donates to our Patreon, $3 can suggest words and we'll try and come up with a sketch to it. And uh, t- tonight's and today's uh, three-word listener is their name is also three words actually this is their name fun. is the tempest marauder the tempest marauder that is a beautiful yeah, name is our listener for a girl yeah i don't mm. know i don't know i don't know what tempest or marauder means i think marauder sounds like criminal well, of some a sort tempest obviously is a conflagration you know large uh, weather event a storm is a tempest and a oh, marauder yeah. is one who marauds, obviously. And we're talking a, a, a sort of a, a, a violent and vicious person who um, sort of indiscriminately uh, attacks and destroys, um, uh, you know, villages, uh, cities, you know... Uh, I mean, sweeps seems, through an area. Seems like a good description of our of our yeah. listeners. This is this is a typical two in the think tank listener. Microcosm. Mm. Um, and so the Tempest Marauders three words. Do you want to try and guess what one yeah. of them is? Um, pi- Pippin. Pippin. What was that? Pippin. 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 Like Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, like Pippin. Scotty Pippin. <laughs> Well, that's oh, not okay. it. Uh, one of them is megalithic. Yeah, right. The other one is spirit. Yep. And the other one is heist. Megalithic spirit heist. Now, a a, yeah. a, a megalithic is that a big rock? A, a megalith? Are we talking about a big rock? Um. Well, I would say that. Uh, megalithic can either mean massive or monolithic, mm. but um, it can also mean relating to or denoting prehistoric monuments made of or containing large stones. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Megalithic spirit heist. I mean, I'm interested in, you know, obviously uh, Stonehenge, as we all know, was the first computer, right? Um and obviously as well, was it? I mean, I don't know, Alistair. I'm using the word obviously liberally um, to cover up the fact that none of this liberally is obvious. Liberally to mean. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, and, and obviously computer, computers are very 
um, desirable uh, for for stealing. You know that any kind of technology like that new technology is um, is very tempting to 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 burglars. So could you have a heist where uh, people try and steal Stonehenge? Um, because it's a it's a highly valuable piece. They of try to steal it, but when they touch it, their very spirit gets extracted from them, and it steals something from mm. them. And then they have to work hard to get that back. Mm. Great. Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> a security system that steals what? the soul of the person. Trying to, mm. uh, to. Burn. I mean, I mean, look. The, the, I mean, to me, the, 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 there's a good, there's a good film format here in that it's the heist where you're deep in something, trying to steal something, and then while you're in mm. there, something very core to you is stolen, and suddenly your mission is just to get that back. I mean, it's a really so that you compelling can... thing where, like, these people go on a big. Steal, you know, do a a team does a big heist, but then uh, and it's successful. But then after the heist, one of the members of the team starts to become convinced that their soul, like they got into the this huge bank vault, right? Uh, impossible mission into this bank vault, and th- but then when they get out, they this person becomes convinced that their soul got trapped in the vault. And it sort of drives yeah, or, them Or in mad. the diamond that they stole or the emerald that they stole. Yeah. Like they had to steal some crystal. Yep. And when they held it, something sh- like cut deep into their, into their self and they had one of those kind of flashing screen mm, things. Great. <laughs> you know? And then they had to bring it to their boss Hand or whatever to finish off yeah. the job so they could get the milk. And then they were like, I think that that rock took my soul. And so then they have to try and get it back somehow? Mm. Yeah, it's very perhaps but- very compelling. Um, I, I'm sure this has been done. Uh, this is a, going back to my Stonehenge thing. But mm. doing a... Uh, a sort of an Apple computer kind of Steve Jobs type thing, but with Stonehenge, where like you, we do a, like a profile on the sort of the Paleolithic Steve Jobs of Stonehenge, the the person who created created that, mm-hmm. and how. You know, the personality cult around them and the design decisions that they made and the yeah, the the compute the com their their company and their Yeah. All that stuff. I just don't understand in what way it's a computer. In what way is Stonehenge a computer? Well yeah. it, people describe have described it as being that because what it does is it allows you to work out various things based on the location of different stars and uh, the moon and the sun or whatever relative to the rocks. So it has that kind of, that functionality of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. um, And then you could do some 
some fucking parody shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and me, we Druid, use that. Druid we use that Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs talk. We've used that Steve Jobs talk in about two or three things in mm. the past. And I don't know if anybody ever recognizes that, other than us wearing turtlenecks. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I think we, we've used a very specific reference to one of Steve Jobs' yeah. talks, the iPhone being not three things but one thing. Um, but yeah. I think more generally that his persona as that uh, yeah. thing. I mean, I realize I'm not. it's a little off the boil, uh, ever since he died several years ago and even before then had been doing that thing for so long and had been parried so much that it wasn't very uh, relevant anymore. But I still think that by combining it with the even more off-the-boil uh, element of uh, ancient stone circle computer gags, uh, we might be able to create <laughs> something new and exciting. Yep. Um, that'll really get yep. people talking. Uh Yep. All right. Well, I've written it down. Thank you. <laughs> so I'll take us through. Um, so thank you very much, uh, the Tempest Marauder, mm. for that. Um, I think, I think that heist thing where it steals your soul. I think there's something in there because at the moment that yeah that one's not you know, it's not such a comedy idea for me at the moment, but it could be. It could be. My gosh. Andy, it's it's pregnant with comedy. It's just it just doesn't sound like it yeah. right now. But I mean, it's a whole film. So there's bound <laughs> to know, be some com- like in a whole film. Even serious films have moments of levity. Oh, Andy! Are there people who punch oh, up scripts for tragedy? You know how like <laughs> in Hollywood, didn't t- didn't- people. When they've got a comedy script and it goes out or it goes to some testings and then it's not getting enough laughs, you get in some top comedians and they come up with funny jokes can be shouted in from off screen or things that can be reshot. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but what about with a tragedy? What about with a, and I hate to go to this example, but a Schindler's List where Spielberg shows it at the screen, uh, screening, and but people aren't quite crying. <laughs> And so they get some real tragic mm. people in, people with really bad lives who come up with m- more depressing stuff that could happen and s- extra sad little tidbits that can be shouted in from off screen when characters are looking in the other direction. And and I just lost $5, you know? I think I think there's actually... Louis C.K. talked about one of those things where he t- said... It was just like he thought that uh, somebody had told uh, um, Spielberg about that little girl that just screams out to the to the line of people going into concentration camps, "Goodbye, Jews! Yeah. Goodbye, Jews!" Like that, and he was like, "Oh, it's like somebody told him that," and he was like, "That's going in the movie. <laughs> like that's just so heart wrenching and kind of awful." And um. And you go, oh yeah, that's somebody's just punching up with mm. tragedy. This film, um, and that's that's what that would be the truly kind of like awful, like you know, the weird awful thing of like you're listening to these people's stories mm. and you hear something really bad, and inside you're yeah. like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Can I use that? Can I use that? Are you going to use that? Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah. So that's uh, the Punchdown yeah, crew, and these are all sort of like real. Uh, they all speak with sort of middle European accents, and they've all got really tragic lives. And you call them in, and these guys are the best in the business, and they'll make your. They've all got sunken yeah. eyes and <laughs> and just like yeah, they spend a lot of just time very just staring hair. off into the distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like a it's a writer's yeah. room table. Like it's like they're around the table throwing things yeah. in, but there's a lot more silence. <laughs> what if the food was cold? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> the boy finds a mouse, and his father sees him playing with the mouse and forces him to eat the mouse. Or eats the mouse. Just like, 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 his father, his father tells him that when he was young, he used to have a mouse, and the mouse had a name, <laughs> and that he had to eat the mouse, <laughs> and that the mouse had been his only friend. And, well, and they all shout this in from off screen while they're walking away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless yeah. we could do a reshoot. This is what we're going to have to do. You know, it was like, like, yeah, while the shot of the kid walking away, we could say if his dad <laughs> will be shouting it from the window. <laughs> I had a mouse. <laughs> Well, people have been saying and that the this, mouse had a name. this bit of the movie was it did feel a little light. We did let the, the <laughs> cloying atmosphere of tragedy lift for a moment, so I guess we could throw that in. Get the get the yeah, dad back so for the some VO recording. <laughs> Just yell. <laughs> yell tragedy. <laughs> I guess, you know, a lot of yelled tragedy is just sort of wailing. Mm, you're right. Screams. <laughs> mm. All right, Andy, I'm going to take us through our sketch ideas for today. We got the male milkers. These are mm. people. These are the group of Reddit guys. It's a subculture. But they've become, you know, there's it's a subculture and there's probably a group and, you know, uh, a sort of a, uh, a version in each town. Oh, really? Where they get together. <laughs> Yeah, share tips. It starts online, but then they start meeting. You know, it kind of becomes a bit of a men's shed kind of thing. Yeah, it's just a great way for men to talk, but then also to to extract milk from their own nipples. I've got something um, to get to off think my chest. Of how much how much men would love to work on their own types of breast pumps that you know, and they've uh, yeah. they would just tinker away at kind of like. <laughs> You know, at finding ones that extract more milk quicker and stimulate. This the, one is actually designed the, the for Jersey ducks. cows. They say that it's not for human use, but you can you can override it and build a little suction adapter. Then we got the uh, the knife with the extra blood in it, and these are all preloaded weapons, basically that that allow. Uh, you know, allow for more impact when you hit and makes it, you know, it's for the showmanship mm. of the stabber or the, the bazooka. Mm-hmm. Or, um, we've got the frogman leg island, <laughs> um, which is like a Jurassic Park 
style thing <laughs> where they were growing human legs for some reason. And, um, for leg replacements, right? Or maybe to objectify them. Leg maybe to objectify them. We could combine those two. Oh, that, well, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, it could be for leg replacements for people who are unhappy with their height. Yes. Okay. You yeah. Know? And, but then they, they all escaped, these frogs, and they, with the human legs, and they, I think maybe some person, we didn't think we got to this when we were talking about it, was a bit, you know, maybe they abandoned the project, but some opportunistic person thought, I'm going to go back to this island and I'm going to make this a tourist, a, like a tourist mm. attraction. Yeah. <laughs> then we have a maggot jump at the Olympics. Yeah. Which is uh, somebody who realizes that the maggot jump is the most common type of jumping in the world and a better form of jumping. Mm-hmm. And... They take it they to train their the squad. Olympics where they yep. train their squad, which is what they call smashing their pelvis against the ground. Training their squad. In order to, yeah. Nice. That's, maybe you could, you could use the power of your sperm to fly. <sighs> you know, they're, they're normally made for, for, for swimming through water. Yeah. You know, or fluid of some sort. But if you could adapt them for... For the air, <laughs> or, or I mean, this is this is a, this is a lot to think about, Alistair. But if they are all capable of swimming, say you could this 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 we find out that somebody's been doing this at the Olympics, and there's actually no rule against it. But what they've done is every single one of their sperm they've lashed to the inside of their penis with a very small cable, and just when they leap into the pool in the swimming, they ejaculate. And they actually get pulled along by their swimming sperm. And you don't, <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, it's just a small boost. It's, you know, it's mm. a fraction of a percent, but it's, that makes a huge but difference. At all this those level. things help, yeah. And because they had been bitten by a radioactive material <laughs> <Yeah>. scientist <laughs> and they'd created tiny ropes, <laughs> you know, t- tiny sort of like, uh, one of the things that you use to control a, a le- horse? Uh, a brain, Rains? yeah. Reins. They'd create a tiny, sort of you know biopolymer mm. reins that could go around, um, around the sperm and attach to their sort of various bits, and have the sperm pull them along. Of course, it all makes yep. sense. Um, and then there's also the, you know the sub idea here of people who have evolve you know try to work towards evolving towards taking advantage of rules of sports mm. um, such as developing tusks so that you can carry the soccer ball around on your head or other ideas. Um, then we've got the person bit by a radioactive material scientist. It's basically exactly Spider-Man, but he's just gone at it from the... From the other end. He can, yeah, from the other end, he can create the webs. Um, and then he somehow figures out ways of sticking to walls, probably also using material science. Maybe he was already able um, to stick to walls because, you know, it turns out that Peter Parker was already very good at developing things. So what if this guy already had the ability to climb up walls and then he the the only extra thing he gets is the uh, scientific skills? Anyway. Sure. Um, and then we've got the heist. This is a, a straight comedy idea. It's the heist that steals your soul. <laughs> um, 
It's because, look, your your average person, mm. when they go on a heist, they don't bring anything of value. Yes. Other than their that's own a classic, life. That's a but classic they've... mistake that you learn not to do early in in, yeah. in your heisting yeah. career. Don't bring anything that's more valuable than the thing that you're going to steal, especially if there's a chance exactly. of you forgetting like... it while you're there. Exactly. So like a wallet filled with $300,000 exactly. or something like that. Right? And obviously, they all know that they've got their their, their lives. Is that what the thing that they are bringing is probably more valuable than the thing they're taking? But but often when they lose that, they don't have to live without it, mm. right? So, what happens in this case is somebody gets their soul taken from them, which they hadn't realized was something they were carrying around with them, probably because they were an atheist. Mm. Yes, correct. And then they learn about the errors of their ways, and they have to go back. And claim their soul from the gem or whatever they touched <laughs> that <laughs> extracted their soul. And they have to go into some deeper world, um, some a vault even further down, possibly hell. Oh, yeah, that's good. I mean, hell heist. Imagine. Imagine. Hell heist. Mm-hmm. We find out that the devil has a whole lot of gold and we're going to heist yeah. s- Satan himself, you know. We're going to mm-hmm. hit the Bellagio, the, the other one, and Hades all in one night. All in one night. <laughs> yeah. It's the hottest vault of all. And then we've got the ancient Stone Circle Steve Jobs presentation. Yes. I, I, I assume it's essentially the same, but he's they're wearing a Hessian yeah, sack. But it's a, got a turtleneck. Yeah. It's got a turtleneck turtle hessian sack. sack. Oh, that'd be itchy. Be the yeah. worst. Yeah, but we're committed. And then we got the punch down crew. Mm. And then we got um, being yeah, pulled and... along in the water by sperm with little leashes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pulled by sperm with little leashes. Thanks, Al. Great. Um, Andy, it's been a pleasure. What a joy! I have some ice, baby. Come and get my ice, maybe. If you want ice, I like the, I like that, and I want to really want that. I want that, and I want that. Right, we did it. Please follow the link down below. Download Magma. We'd love that. Support us in other ways if you want. Patreon. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. God, that makes us happy. Um, and you can follow oh, us so on happy. Twitter. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. We are at Two in Tank. And Alistair. I'm at Alistair TV. Alistair did a really funny little video. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a sketch. Yep. It's a little sketch, Al. It's a little, it's a tiny little sketch. It's been my idea is that I've been like, maybe I can come up with little sketches that I can film by myself. Within five minutes, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna get like a million retweets. It didn't. Look, it didn't. It got retweeted by one person that had a million followers, and it didn't help it in any way. <laughs> it was amazing. It got less retweets than most things that I've been doing recently. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Pretty good, and we love love you.
Oh, we got to stop that. Wait. Oh, jeez. Hang on. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.